this week on Invasion, the podcast, Kurt Russell doesn't give a shit about guitars. And we get ready to talk about our favorite romantic comedies. Just kidding. Deadpool. And will I find my pop culture valentine? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we are taking over the world one listener at a time, and maybe this week we're seducing the world oh, one listener at a time. We'll get it done however yeah, we can. A little Invasion of the Podcast after, after dark. dark. Um, so I normally introduce ourselves. Joe said he wanted to do it so, this week. To my right, or should I start? You always start you, 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 No, you, you start. You, no, sorry. I always so I that, am so. Joe, I know, Peter's. And to my right is Paul, upside down kisses in the rain, Stedman. There we go. See, I like it. Last week we had butterfly kisses, and this week it's some, <laughs> some upside down kisses upside in the down rain. Kisses in the Cause, rain. Because we're romantic as shit. Uh, so um, we actually have a lot of news. This is going to be, I, I mean, I, I try, I think we have fun like every single episode, mm-hmm. but I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. So um, if it's not fun, people, you can write and get your money back. Uh, I will, you know, oh, yeah. that's fine to send an envelope and I'll, I'll bill your money back. So yeah. we'll pay for the other stamp though. We'll send it back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's just get right into, let's see what will, will it happen this time? Can, can I keep the good times rolling? Good news, everyone. I almost false started. I almost was like, I got it, I got it, I got it, I don't got it. Good news, yeah. Uh, so, uh, first bit of news I, we could talk about is uh, the new Star Trek season that's going to be fired up in a few years. Is gonna, it's finally got its showrunner. So, this is the CBS. Um, so, I know that we talked about this before. There's a, a new series that was being, that's going to, in development, that's going to be part of the CBS, like their own little streaming service. Yeah. Um, which... I, I get it that you know you got to have something to entice people to jump onto a new service. Um, Star Trek's a good way to do it, and now that we know who the showrunner is, I you know shut up and take my money. Well, Brian Fuller is the showrunner. Uh, he, he to give you a little bit of a like a Star Trek background, he got his career started writing um, DS Nine and Voyager, uh, so he does have like quite of an extensive. You know Star Trek history, and I know he's a big fan of Star Trek from a lot of his interviews that I've read. Um, and then uh, he recent, most recently, he's done Hannibal, uh, and then um, Pushing Daisies. I know he worked on that, which which uh, definitely got a couple of Academy or not Academy. Was it Academy? That was how, no um, Golden Globes. What do you call them? Golden Globes or Emmy, no Emmys. Uh, Emmys? Emmys. That's Emmys. Emmys. Is that the technique? Are the Emmys an Academy? I maybe is I it a know. television academy because you have the academy like, like there's the television like critics or something I, I mean anyway they, they got a lot of TV hardware he worked on a show that got awards yes but he but he does he does some pretty good work with television so. and and this is exciting because not only did he take Hannibal which uh, even though it's um it's life on broadcast television didn't go as long as the fans had hoped it would but you take a concept that people were kind of lukewarm about saying well we already kind of know what happens with Hannibal we already know. 
that and then kind of go in a different direction and get people excited for it. So you take that and take something that people weren't expecting anything out of and turn it into like critically acclaimed, um, just really good television. And then he comes back to his wheelhouse, which is Star Trek, right. that he cut his teeth on. Yeah. And he's also been writing like the you know the original universe stuff. I, mean, I don't know what you call it, like the 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 prime universes, I guess what they call that. And then like the the new movies are the other yeah. universe or whatever Earth universe two. two, yeah, universe B. I Eventually, the Flash will show up in both. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, um, but no, he's that's good. And like I I enjoyed. Uh, DS9 and Voyager. Uh, I thought that was a good run. Like he wasn't, he didn't like write every single episode, but he definitely had a big hand in it. And I think he produced a few of them. Um, but he's gonna be he's gonna be kind of the showrunner for this new Star Trek tri- series. And I also read that CBS itself is gonna be completely hands off. And they're and I'll believe it when I see it. Well, no, no, no. the The streaming service is gonna have more. Uh, um hands-on with that so it's going to be two separate things it, what this tells me though is one that they're doing it, they want to bring in the right people to make like a good like new star trek show and, and it also tells me that they're gearing they're they're gearing this towards a binge watch because you already got someone that knows the product and then they're also pairing it up with the streaming service so i have a feeling this thing's like star trek has good standalone stuff but i also think that maybe our the way that we watch things now it's going to get closer to I you know not that this is the 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 thing you want to follow necessarily, but the way like Flash and Arrow are doing it now, where you still have your one off stories, but there's a much bigger arcing thing that you can still keep people excited throughout. And like like the Marvel shows and everything, I think they're going to do. I mean, that would be cool. I've never seen a long reaching Star Trek story. Like they've they've had arcs, but not like season long arcs. Like a couple, yeah, like a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah. So that would be kind of it'd be interesting. So that'd be cool if they did that. Um, I, I just I to me personally, I hope they go back to a prime universe. That'd be so good to actually get. Like yeah. old school Star Trek. I agree. Like, you know, the feel, matching but, uniforms and people awkwardly pulling on them uh, as they're standing up. And, and that's like a lot of the nostalgia. Yeah. But like, I feel like that a lot nowadays, like a lot of TV and a lot of uh, movies, they, they have to kind of like jump in and cater to a fresher audience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're going to write different stuff that that the newer audiences don't feel like they need to go back to understand the story. Well, that's fair. I think you can still do Star Trek without having to be like, well, here's a Klingon and here's the story of the Klingons. Right. I think you can still bring people up to speed. And, and also like some of the, 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 the minor kinks in the universe and the Federation, all that. I think you could still do that without having to be like, by the way, you got to watch all these other series coming up to this. Cause I feel like you could probably watch for the most part, any individual Star Trek series and get with it without having to watch the rest of them. Oh, yeah. You don't need a a continuity. Yeah. Sometimes, like, it does help because certain characters flow in and out of the universe, but I think that's about it. Yeah. So, I just, I think, plus there's also an inherent, like, not not goodness is not the right word I want to use for the, you know, the Star Trek that we know, but there was always a sense of hope, um, which I feel like some of the more modern storytelling doesn't always get across either. So I think Star Trek's always more like it's always supposed to be what the best of man is. Yeah. And I feel like not that I need to be like constantly like like a warm hug or like, you know, Paul, here's your blankie of Star Trek, but I need I want to have a fun, uplifting Star Trek experience. And not that I'm saying the new movies weren't had their moments. I think the first Star Trek one that Abrams did is awesome. And give me a little bit of ac- action, but I want I want hope. And I think that, you know, bringing in people that actually have done this before, that's a good sign. Okay. Yeah, so I'm excited. So sliding right into Star Trek, guess who's coming to Cleveland? Captain Kirk's father is coming to Cleveland. We had Captain Kirk last year. That's right. Year. You're, you're saying that. I, compl- I was just like, we had, I was like, wait. I was like, um, what? I, I was like, what? We had Captain Kirk last year, so we're getting Captain Kirk's father this year. 
and George Kirk. George Kirk, yeah. yeah. And you may know him a little bit better as Thor. So, yeah, Chris Helmsworth is coming to Cleveland in a couple or, or weeks. Or Liam's brother. Liam's you know, brother. But, third uh, wheel to Miley Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Cleveland Comic Con's going to get fired up in a couple we- couple weeks here. Uh, Wizard World is coming back again at the end of February. I, I feel bad for a lot of people that have to trek out to trek out. Yeah, oh, you see what I did there? <laughs> trek out to uh, Cleveland to go to a comic convention in the end of February. I'm talking about like the attendees. Oh my! The weather last year was miserable. Yeah, and it doesn't look like if it's based on today. If it's going to keep hammering like that, I think it's going to continue to be like that for the rest of the week. So here, here's the <laughs> a brief aside. When I went last year, Mary and I went. Um, like I was wearing my uh, my Dennis Nedry costume that I had worn for Halloween the previous uh, Halloween, so uh, that's not exactly good outside wear, right? So yeah. even <laughs> Nedry was like kind of not not doing too good in the rain. No, but like wearing like a rain slicker out in the snow, like it was like just not a good idea. And I wasn't going to wear a big coat because they had to carry it around with you, right? right? So Mary, being you know the sweetheart that she is, she dropped me off in front of the convention center and went to go find parking that we had paid for previously using some website, and then she had to tr- like trek you know all the way back and by the time she got to me she looked miserable and here i am dries can be just all like just like waving at people getting my photo taken <laughs> with people having a good time <laughs> look and, at all these friends i made oh yeah. what happened to you yeah. yeah and then once we were all said and done that day after all the walk around just being tired like i had to wait for her to go get the car come pick me up so oh, no i i am a bad i'm a bad boyfriend which that will tie into the later part of the show yeah. that's <laughs> but no chris Hemsworth is coming um the Wizard World Convention, it's going to be the 26th, 27th, 28th, February. Yeah, yeah, last week in February. A lot of people are going to be there. Uh, Chris Helmsworth just got added. He's now the big heavy hitter because uh, Matt Smith was there. And the only reason I say he's the big heavy hitter now is because if you go to look at the autograph prices, it costs way more than Doctor Who. Um, yeah, it's like um, it's, what did I tell you? Like one seventy five for a photo and like one fifty for an autograph. Yeah, if you want to yeah. get your photo with Thor, it's one hundred seventy five dollars, one hundred fifty. Yeah. And then um, first you got to try to pick up a hammer, and if you can't even pick that up, yeah, you're not you even allowed in the line. Get, yeah, go. It's, it's not a hammer; it's just a pen. It's like well, actually, you, you can get this pin up. You can yeah. get your picture with the hammer. I think that's fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just. A prop now. Yeah, can I please get my? Can I get the autograph of Molnir? Yeah, be great. Um, but no. Uh, so just to run down the guest list, um, you've got you've got Chris Helmsworth, um, Matt Smith, and Karen Gillum are going to be there. Uh, Michael Roker, uh, Robert my- England, Freddy Krueger is going to be there. Michael Rooker, not like Michael Rooker sounds like Al Rooker. Rooker. So. Oh, you're right, Ro- Rooker, <laughs> Rooker, Rooker. I can never yeah. say. Um, Brent Spiner is going to be there. Yeah, uh, Star Trek connection. Data is going to be there. Um, who else is going to be there? Oh, well, we know the Russo brothers are going to be there. The Russo the brothers are going to be there. directed Winter Soldier. They directed uh, Civil War, doing Infinity War, yep. other wars. I don't know what and other And they're Cleveland locals. Yes. Um, so if you wanted to meet the Russos, it'd be cool to talk yeah. to them about Cleveland stuff and community. and, and Yeah. And you said you said Robert England, right? Uh, yeah, Robert okay, England's going to be there. Um, um, Rusev is going to be there Yeah, get Lana. your WWE on. Uh, Rusev's going to be there with Lana. Um, oh, Jason Muse. Jason Muse is going to be um, there. Henry, Henry Winkler. Winkler. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. The Fonz. Um, I'm bringing a small shark for him to jump it for me. Like, listen, you're going to step over the shark right now, Henry Winkler. <laughs> uh, Agent Ward and um, Agent and Simmons. Simmons from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be there. So if you're fans of the show... Agents of Shield. I like how we had like the minor TV presence, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, that guy, that guy's coming. That guy's. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, and the TV people are going to be the there TV too. People. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Burnson, if you guys want to get your Roger Dorn jersey signed, yes, uh, from Major League, 
uh, or L.A. Law. I don't know. Maybe you want to get your briefcase I, I, signed. I want to get my L.A. Law jersey signed. <laughs> be like, Corey Burnson, I know you did the whole Indians thing, but I really loved your work on L.A. Law. Could yeah. you sign my jersey? I mean, he's... I don't know. I don't know who else they could have got. Like, I know Charlie Sheen would never, never be. No. Dorn's kind of a bit of a stretch. And they couldn't get Willie Mays Hayes to show up. That would be a... Why? He's got taxes to pay. I know, right? I think he'd show up. <laughs> How crazy would it be if Wesley Snipes did Comic-Con? That or would be uh, what's the guy? Who's the guy that played Serrano? I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, that would like... So there's some... there Like, last year's people they had here... That was a good group of people too. So it wasn't like like I mean, Kieran Gilliam was here last year. Um, they had the Hulk here. Uh, one of the Power Rangers, I think that guy's back too. But uh, yeah, Green, Bruce Green, Campbell Green was Power here. Ranger. Bruce William Campbell Shatner. was a pretty big deal. Shatner yeah. was a big deal. Um, Corey Feldman was there. Oh, well, was he? Yeah, I didn't realize. No, I that. mean, I'm, I mean, he's not coming back, so I don't know if we upset him or what. I don't but care. Uh, I wouldn't really want to see Corey. Feldman. <laughs> I'm really sad I miss Bruce Campbell. But um, I didn't go last year. But this year, if you do want to go, um, it's on the weekend. Tickets aren't too bad. If you do the whole weekend, me and Paul are doing the whole weekend. Yeah. So if you're going to go, look for us. We'll have Invasion shirts on. Um, we'll be there. Paul will be there as Dennis Nedry one day. Yep. So if you want to get a photo <laughs> that, with that him. That makes it sound like I have my own table. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Maybe. he might have his own table. Yeah. So check it out. Um, it, it is a little I, – I, I'm not going to say that – like if you can go and, and just absorb everything. If you want to meet somebody, it does cost a little bit of money. Yeah. There's some big artists, too. I know we didn't talk a lot about that, but I know James Abar is going to be there, and there's a couple other that I was reading that are like, I see the names, and I'm like, I, I know I know them, and that, that sounds really bad. It's like, because you and I both have like our favorite artists and writers right. in our wheelhouse that we love, and it's like, if the, if you know if Mark Backley was there, oh. we'd be waiting in line right now. Yeah. Like, like we would just be I, waiting outside. But, I would be. That would be my Chris Helmsworth pricing. I, yes. would, I would just be like, I need... I need you to sign this, and I need you to sign this. And it's like, and I need you to hang you. out with me and yeah. tell me that you love me. And, like, <laughs> and, and thank you for drawing all these comics when I was like 13. Yeah. But, um, like Rob Liefeld, he was there last year. I know. Which ties into what we're going to talk about yes, later. Rob yeah. Liefeld was there last year, so you could have got your Deadpool stuff all set up. Uh, but so, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk more about that as time comes up. Cause I know we have, they haven't even announced the, the times for the panels yet. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. I'll tell my, um, comic costume, uh, contest. Uh, story from last year whenever I competed against all the other people. I'll tell that later. That's a funny story. Uh, but yeah, that anyway, um, Thor's coming. He's only going to be there Saturday though. So I think it would be amazing if he just like shows up and as he's leaving, he swings the hammer and flies out. It's like, Oh, he was only here for a short time and it'd be like awesome. Like, okay guys back up. I got to go. It would be funny. Yeah. Well, he's only there for Saturday. So yeah, yeah. he's, he's not going to be the whole day. Um, so tying into comic con, um, no, not really. It's just a broken guitar. <laughs> yeah, what? Like, <laughs> I know. I was going to see what so, you do. Talking about broken segues. So, uh, so. <laughs> uh, Kurt Russell recently uh, is under a little... No, he's not really under any heat, but... It, the production art, itself. Production the itself. Eight. Yeah. So, The Hateful Eight, if you've seen The Hateful Eight, great. If you have not, check it out. But there is a scene in the movie. Kurt Russell plays a bounty hunter. And Jennifer Jason Lee plays his criminal captive. Kurt Russell plays a mustache that's attached to a bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. So, but there's a scene in the movie where Jennifer Jason Lee's character uh, takes a guitar from the wall in the the cabin that they're staying in, and she starts playing a song. And then, after she's done with the song, um, Kurt Russell gets agitated by something. I I, I don't want to like yeah yeah. But he he takes the guitar and he's just like no more music and he just smashes it against like like one of the pillars in the 
in the in the cabin. So it's come out recently that that guitar was actually a, a priceless artifact. <laughs> so the guitar is a 145 year old uh, Martin guitar from the 1870s, and it was it was loaned to the 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 movie production company to use in the movie as a prop, and then it was supposed to be switched out with a dummy because they had like six dummies because I'm sure for multiple takes for yeah. them to break. And Kurt Russ and. Quentin apparently is just just go 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 like just keep the nobody yell take and 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 Kurt Russell grabbed the authentic guitar not knowing that it wasn't the authentic guitar and just smashed it and I guess Jennifer Jason Lee knew that it was the actual guitar because because there was no there was no take in between the yeah there's no cut so like the look on her face yeah is actually like shock yeah because he smashes this thing and this... it's like and when you, when you watch the movie it's like you don't think anything about it it's like I mean it's it's a very abrupt like jarring moment so of course you're like oh that's a loud noise and uh, you know it's like he you know he's destroying this guitar and it's like and she's reacting appropriately which as we all now know she was acting really appropriately but. I guess the, the museum at first thought like there was an actual accident on set, so they were like, "Okay, just give us back the pieces." But then when they found out that it was purposely broken, they got mad and said that like because that's part of the, like a museum set of like these older instruments. They now have changed their policy to where none of their instruments will be ever loaned out for a movie production ever again. Yeah. So, so yeah, there you go. Kurt Russell just smashed a, a priceless uh, music musical artifact. Makes, makes me want to see a movie now where Kurt Russell just goes to places like, hey, can I see that for a second? It's like, hey, things. Kurt Russell, you go smash it? And of course I'm not going to smash it. And be like, this is what you get. And just like smashes things and walks out. Um, I, yeah, I was tickled by that story. It's like, it's sad, but it's, it's still funny. So... Um, that guitar is more famous now than it ever will be. Let's just be honest. This is true. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> the, uh, hateful, well, the hateful eight and a half. We didn't know that there was another casualty in that movie. I don't know about that. Because well, it's a part of a Tarantino movie. No, no, no. I don't know about it being as famous as it was before. It was probably pretty famous. Did, did you know that museum. guitar? Did you see it previously? I did didn't. see it. No, but I bet Historical you Guitar Fancy Magazine. I bet you there's tons of guitar musician or people that love music out there that don't know the hateful eight. Like guys that make their own lutes? Yes. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, last news story I wanted to throw in there. I wanted to tell Paul something, and I didn't tell him. So a lot of times we talk before the show. We'll talk about what we're going to talk about. See, I thought the dropping of um, uh, Kurt Kurt's father. I thought that's what you're going to be like. I want to mention that on the show. And I like who like uh, Thor when you said you referred to Kirk's father. Oh, oh no no no. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, episode eight is starting to start is starting to start start shoot uh, start shooting soon. Actually, now I think just started, right? Yeah, just started. Production started. Okay. Um, and we do know that Captain Phasma is going to be in Episode 8. So I, I was watching a video today on the interwebs, and they were talking about theories, because there's all kinds of Star Wars theories about things, which we'll get into someday, um, about like characters from Episode 7 and what this means and what who this person is and blah, blah, blah. So the, the theory that this person came up with was that Captain Phasma... Her armor is made out of a, a, a material called chromite, which is um, uh, like a reflective material that they use on a lot of Naboo, things in Naboo. Okay. So, and Palpatine apparently had a, a yacht, like a boat, in Naboo that was made out of this material. So, his theory was that Captain Phasma is from Naboo. And his theory is because she's like six three, like Gwendolyn Christie's like six three yeah. or something like that. That uh, she's a Gungan, <laughs> and uh, I was kind of like, okay. 
So because she never takes her helmet off. So his his concept theory was that she's a she's a an, 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 a Nubian Gungan that uh, basically created that armor from sal- or she, I guess she salvaged it or she you know salvaged it from that. Yeah, that's I. It's a stretch, but I, I thought it was. I, pre- I don't buy any of that. I just think that I don't either. I, but I, I just I, I was kind of tickled by it because as soon as he was like, <laughs> she's a Gungan, I was like, no. no. Um, I mean, even the the. The head structure isn't right. No, no. For the I mean, stormtrooper helmet. Yeah. Uh, unless there's some kind of like you know sacrificial cutting of a yeah. large aqua flaps or whatever the Gunkins have, and, and um, also the eye stalks. The eye stalks. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. When she takes her ha- head off, and it's like yeah, <laughs> everything. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's like maybe she's like a regular size Gunkin, and then she has, like has this the suit going up higher to where the helmet just sits on top. Yeah, I don't know. That's that. <laughs> But that was I was on the interwebs doing things today, and I saw you know because uh, I was looking at episode eight production stuff, and that was one of the things they started talking about. So I was like, Do you think uh, Rian or Ryan Johnson, if they said, "Hey, by the way, we made this character Captain Phasma," uh, she's a secret Gungan. Like this guy's like, listen, I've done Looper, I've done Brick, I've done a number of episodes of Breaking Bad. You're going to tell me that that thing's a Gungan? Like I'm out of here. Like yeah. I just think he'd just be like, I'm done. I'm done. Let's yeah. go pack no, up my uh, pack up my my um, box of wonders and go home. I don't know what directors have with them. A box of wonder, I guess. Yeah. But I'll, you know, so <laughs> that what that tells me is that someone had way too much time on their hands and they really started thinking about it, and then they had that aha moment of like, it, shit, this makes sense. Yeah. It's like, and people like they're not. It's just if I just lay out all the facts, it's just, they're gonna be like that, that's the only conclusion they can come to. <laughs> aliens, <laughs> underwater uh, aliens, underwater aliens. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I just that's funny. To tell you that. That's funny. But you're right. Thank you for waiting to tell me because uh, <laughs> that I like that. My first reaction is just laughter. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I will, mine was too. Like literally, like I and then like he went into like starting to try to explain it to somebody, and I was just like click. Like, oh my goodness! I so. God bless the internet because it gives us all the ability to state what we feel, but. It also is going to be the downfall, man, because we all get the chance to state what we feel yep. and what we think. So, yep. right. um, yeah, speaking of no filter. And now for our feature presentation. No filter? Does that mean you're not going to bleep anything out? No, well, I mean, no, I meant like I was just trying to ah. transition into the character. Is, I, feel no like, I feel like we wouldn't be doing a Deadpool cast like justice if like we didn't have the R rating. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're still going to rock the PG-13, and, and, but it's good news that Deadpool has an R rating. It does. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of funny things with the movie surrounding the R rating, like, you know, everything from... Uh, you know how kids are going to get into it anyway, and how people have gone to the internet to get petitions to try to get the PG thirteen, let the kids see it, and I'm like, no, like you shouldn't be reading the comic. Like, so okay, before like, we're going to get into some like Deadpool love here in a second. So you had mentioned before that one of the movies that you watched growing up that was kind of taboo at the time was Terminator. That was R rated movie. Like it was like you watched yeah. it with those, you know really young. Well, I think that, Terminator, uh, RoboCop more than Terminator. Yeah, but I mean like those are still both R rated movies. Mm-hmm. They have violence, they have some nudity, they have some swearing. But that's the stuff that you sought out as a kid. You're like, this is what I I want to see. I wasn't but, going you know. to watch RoboCop or Terminator for like the boobs and like. Well, no, no, stuff. but I like, was going. To watch had robots, robots, yeah, and then like there was just a byproduct of violence from that, a I'm byproduct like, of boobies. No, yeah. um, so I'm, that's what it's like. I think like growing up, like my favorite, I love aliens, and that's like that's an R. I love the thing, and that's an R. And I just, the, I just, I don't know. Like I'm not saying that if I had kids, I'd be like, let's go all go see Deadpool because I would not let that happen in a the theater. No, but if I if I trusted my kids enough and say, 
they're going to say a lot of words that I don't want to hear you saying. And you understand that this guy is for all intents and purposes, a, a living cartoon character. Like I think I would be able to, as long as I can have the context, <clears throat> I could see watching it with the right set, but I don't want kids to give a reason. It's like, well, if Ryan Reynolds said it, I could say it too. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I don't know. Like we grew up with R-rated movies. My mom would pick boxes off the shelf based upon the cover art. So I saw a lot of questionable things as a kid and it didn't affect me all that much. A little I, bit. I don't, <laughs> I don't really think that, that people like, or I don't think kids will like come across from Deadpool being like ruining them. I think a lot of people just shelter their kids with some stuff. Like, yeah, uh, I, I and just, that's I, fine. That's their kids. They can I, do it. I didn't want to go off on that, on that side of things, but people are freaking out that not and by people. I mean, there are some, not all, a lot of people are actively excited for this character in particular to have an R rated movie because it feels it's closer to the, the, the nature of the character in the comics. Um, and that, and not even so much that he has to swear every three seconds or whatever. It's just more, he doesn't even really swear that much, but I mean, he does. Yeah, he, he does. But I mean, it's, it's more like, um, they, I mean, it's the, not the R rating like... gives you the freedom to do whatever you would like to do yeah. to make that character entertaining and not just have to limit it by, you know, so it's, I was happy that they went for an R. Yeah. Everybody is. Yeah. They all pushed for it, and I, I'm glad they got it. And it's doing great. I mean, the critics and everything like it, fans like it. It comes out technically tomorrow. But what, um, Do you remember the last big R-rated comic book movie? Comic book movie? Yeah. To my knowledge, I could be wrong uh, the, in between, but 300. Oh, 300, yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, but Deadpool actually, um, to speak of Deadpool, of like the comic book character, uh, he originated in uh, actually February... Of 1991. Oh, so his his debut month is this month. Yeah, Uh, he came out in New Mutants '98. Uh, He was created by uh, Rob Liefeld and uh, Fabian Nickienza. Yeah, that's how you say his last name. Yeah, Uh, but they basically created Deadpool. Um, Liefeld at the time was uh, a writer or or a penciler for um, uh, Marvel and doing a lot of stuff. Like he created a lot of characters, but not feet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was, did. He didn't create any feet. Um, created a lot of pouches. Yeah, uh, but um, he was a big fan of Teen Titans at the time, and uh, he 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 was heavily heavily Deadpool was heavily heavily influenced by Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Um, so much to the fact that like when he t- he went to Fabian and he was talking to him about the character, he's like, you know, you just basically made Deathstroke, right? And he's just like, oh, okay, so yeah, so that's why his name is Wade Wilson because the joke is that Slade Wilson is Deathstroke's name and Wade Wilson is like a like a pun on it or like they're they're basically kind yeah. Of, yeah. But originally Deathpo- uh, Deadpool came out as a villain uh in New Mutants to mess with Cable and all his buddies. And um he was kind of serious at first, like basically just a mercenary, very acrobatic, very uh very skilled fighter, you know. And he was kind of dangerous. Because at the time, like, I remember, because I remember seeing him in X-Force, not New Mutants. Because, uh, I mean, that was the first, like, because Liefeld just jumped, like, that was his big yeah. launch with that, right? Um, but at the time, I, not that I didn't know the difference, but it's like, you see the red and black and the way the the faces, it looked like a cross between Spider-Man and Spawn yeah. to me. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he totally had that look. And so much the fact that, like, you know, he became that anti-hero, um, it's hard to really pin, like, like his his persona you know probably till like not like the mid to late 90s i want to say he started to get like kind of really goofy um and they get they took him out of the villain role um and less serious uh his his character and and he, what, he wasn't so much a villain he was just more of just like 
an agent of chaos. Like he would just well, do he, what he wanted yeah. to do. And if someone's going to pay him enough, he'd just go do that. And he know? was an anti-hero. Yeah. Um, but like what they did was like, I, I can't remember what year it was, but he basically got his own spinoff series. And the writers at the time were like, we don't know when this is going to end. Like basically Marvel was like, here, here's a character, you know, people kind of like him. He's from this, this whole X-Force era. You know the the nineties the the Jim Lee Rob Liefeld the, uh, mutant, X, explosion. the mutant explosion era, yeah. and they gave him his own book, and um, they had a bunch of people attached to it writing it, and and they were like just do, they basically were like just do what you want, you know, <laughs> and and the writers were kind of like well you know we will because we you basically told us that we, they could pull the plug at any time so they kind of had fun with it, and that's kind of how the character evolved a little bit and where he became a little bit more kind of silly. Okay. So um, now, now that's not the extreme of it. It, it, it evolved over several course of years, and I want to say like not until probably about like 2011, 2012 is you get the Deadpool that everyone kind of knows and loves right now, because um, he definitely had like a streak where he still was really dark, a very dark antihero. And now you could say he definitely has more of a moral, moral compass. Like he has, he has a core set of values that he he's he's almost like he's almost the other side, of, like on the other side of like snark. As like Spider Man, where it's like he always has something like goofy to say, mm-hmm. but you just never know when he's going to put a knife in your back. Like, yeah, that's just like so he's kind of like grown up Spider Man. That's not really the way I want to no, say. I wouldn't it. say he's grown not, up Spider Man. You know. <laughs> he's straight crazy. Like reading reading his no reading his comic books is yeah. like it's all over the place. Like I've read Iron Man, I've read Thor, I've read uh, Spider Man, I've read X Men. Um, you know just. And, and and all of them read a certain way, depending on the writer. Like, most people usually write in this their own style, but it's in the frame of the character. Like, Deadpool's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, there's times where the narrative tells, like, a story. Like, when he, when, um, when they had the Marvel Now reboot with him, and he, they started, like, I think it was, like, the third series of Deadpool stuff, and he was fighting, uh, the undead presence of the United States. Like, that had a clear beginning and end story for, like, a six-issue arc, which was, was entertaining, you know? But at the same time, so much stuff was happening in the middle of it, of him just, like, doing stuff, and you're just like, this guy is just, a, like, a clown, but, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's lucky, he's indestructible, like... Yeah, I mean, that's when I say cartoon character, like, he has... He has this crazy healing ability where, which they use to crazy, like, ridiculous effect. Like, I remember, like, um, there was... Yeah, he uh, can be decapitated and he doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there was, a, what was it, Cable also has a similar, like, uh, ability where he can kind of reconstitute himself. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole thing where, and Cable and Deadpool, which they had their own, like, buddy series for a bit, where they both pretty much got annihilated. And as they're both slowly reforming, they're just talking trash to each other about what just happened. Yeah. And it's just seeing them slowly reform when they're just angry at one another. It's like, uh-huh. that's not my first thought. My first thought would be total panic. But they're just like, why'd you do that? You yeah, idiot. Deadpool never seems worried about anything. No. Like, there was, like, there's a scene in the one uh, that was cracking me up there, like, uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, undead Teddy Roosevelt, uh, goes to the zoo. and he's That's like, a series I just want to read by itself. <laughs> he's hunting big game, and Deadpool's trying to stop him. He can get Rob Williams to play him. Now. And, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. I- <laughs> undead Robin Williams play undead Teddy Roosevelt. That was wrong. Anyway, so, but anyway, like, like the elephant, like, gets out of the zoo and, and startled. And night at the mausoleum. And, um... Uh, Deadpool gets impaled by the elephant's tusk, and it's pretty graphic. Like his guts go spraying, but he's making jokes at Teddy Roosevelt like the whole time, like while he's getting impaled. Like it's 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 weird. Yeah, like I um, you read some of the more current stuff. I ended up reading 
there was a like they put out like um like Carol and John's and other comic book places I'm sure uh they'll get a lot of um like volume sets not just the trade paperbacks which are like usually six issue arcs yeah but like if you go far enough back you'll end up getting like I don't know, like a two or three year run together is like one volume. Yeah. And I, it was like volume three of like the essential Deadpool. So I kind of, I'm sure there's some stuff I missed, but I didn't need that there's, to get into it. There's so much Deadpool. Yeah. Like, and like I looked it up cause I was trying to do some research on it. Like I've read some Deadpool and then I wanted to read some older Deadpool, but like, um, there's a lot of offshoots that aren't strict 616 canon or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And he jumps around a lot. Like after that dead president's run, there's an issue where he literally goes back to the eighties like the 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 artwork style and everything like it's like j jonah jameson yelling at peter parker yeah in the 80s like same panels and then like all of a sudden you get deadpool and some crazy crazy 80s outfit like the 80s ties his comic is his, his outfit like he's got the the flare boots like cap nice and like he just he looks like a character from the 80s he doesn't look as modern but like and then they just jump back to the future so they can do that and then there was like another issue where and it's actually kind of an important uh, series where he's kind of, I think it's in the seventies or yeah, it's like kind of in the seventies where he meets like his baby mama mm-hmm. and the heroes for hire are there and like <laughs> Luke Cage and like Deadpool has an Afro for some reason. <laughs> just because, I mean, just, why not? Right? Yeah. Just because like he has stuff, you know, just because, but that's where um, he beats, meets his baby mama. Cause he has a, a daughter with her. And, oh. and then like, I don't know if she dies or estranges, but like, I think she dies. And then, like later on in the in the future, you find out that he's got a daughter, and and uh, he uh, he he grants custody to somebody else, so she is an endanger and everything like that. So oh, he had actually like a grown up decision. Oh yeah, he makes grown up yeah. decisions. Well, and like in the the arcs I read, where like he had like a whole three issue arc where he just went to space. And yeah. like saved like two entire civilizations, but he's just mad about it because he's like, no one on earth knows these people, so no one cares. He and he, he wants validation. He wants to and, be seen as a hero. And you know and he what? does heroic things, but he's like, this wasn't seen by anybody. Yeah. So he gets mad about it. He and that's one of the biggest things of his character is he wants validation. He always wants to be friends. Like he died. He like one of his. I know is one of his biggest. Uh, things is he wants to be friends with Spider-Man so bad, but Spider-Man can't stand him. Um, <laughs> because I'm sure that and, when they're fighting, their personalities are very similar. And oddly enough, the only person in the Marvel, not the only person, but one of the few people in the Marvel Universe you wouldn't think that actually respects him or gives him like the time of day is Cap. Like Him, yeah. and, him and Cap have a pretty good relationship. Um, well, because I think Cap is so straightforward that if Deadpool's like doing something, he always has the question like, there's a reason why this is happening. Like it, it just, he isn't just doing this just, just to do it, you know? Yeah. So he always kind of sees through like the intent. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a part of the arc I read, there was a bit where at some point, and this, this all needs context, but Deadpool's in a car with bomb strapped to his chest and he has kidnapped a small child in the middle of New York city in an effort to draw out an evil doppelganger Deadpool. Um, not because he wants to harm anybody because he's trying to outthink himself. Yeah. And he goes like, this is what this evil version of me would do. And then cap sees all this and he's like, he's like, that's not, this is like something he would actually do. So why right. is he not actually detonating the bomb? And it was like this whole thing where he yeah. actually saw through what's clearly a crazy chaotic moment to be like that, that can't be actually him doing that. Yeah. And it was really f- messed up. Like I was reading this stuff and I was telling you, I was like, some of this is funny, but some of this is like uncomfortable. Yeah. It gets it's pretty his stuff is pretty dark. Like there's um and and with Cap too, there's a series uh I think it was in the one 2013 run of Deadpool uh that's supposed to be really good. I haven't read it, but everybody says it's it's like one of the one of the main things you should read about Deadpool. It's called The Good, Bad and the Ugly. 
and it involves Kim, Wolverine, and Cap. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yeah, I always thought it was weird because, like, I think Cap was one of his groomsmen in his wedding. And Wolverine also has, like, this weird relationship with him, too, because... Was, this, well, they're, they're Canadian, both, and they're both from Weapon X program. As I say, they're both yeah. from Weapon X, and also the fact that, like, he has to deal with, like, his own immortality in a way, and so, like, there's only one person he knows that's, like, almost as indestructible as himself. Well, yeah, and, and, and Deadpool's actually has a better healing ha- factor than Wolverine. Yeah. Which, his was, his was engineered. Yeah. He's a human mutate. Like, Deadpool was not born a mutant. He was born human, and then he has his mercenary skills and and actually there was a there was a time when he realized because he loses his healing factor a couple times but like there was a time he realized that his healing factor was really he was relying on it way too much (laughs) and um he ends up actually training with taskmaster and taskmaster trains him and that's one of the reasons why he's pretty badass yeah, there, there's a whole bit in the, the series I read where Cap throws a shield at him, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, well, he's like, take your shot, and he's thinking, he's like, I got this, I got this, and throws it far right white, uh, sorry, wide right, like like a Frisbee, and then as they're fighting, like, he tro- he turns his cap over, and he's like, just kind of like thinking, I hope this works, and the thing clock Cap in the back of the head, but it looks like he totally whiffs this throw. It yeah. was just really, really funny. Um, he yeah. does have, he does have like an extreme amount of luck. I, I would say if, if you didn't know he didn't have a superpower, it would be luck, because he does get pretty lucky with some stuff that and he's the only character in the marvel universe that is consciously aware that he is a comic book character yes. like he constantly references that he knows he's in a comic i'm sure he's going to constantly reference that he knows he's in a movie yeah like he, i can't wait to see the fourth wall broke in the movie <laughs> um like he does in the comic like every once in a while he'll be talking to somebody and then he'll be like i was just telling those guys and they're like who and he like points to the panel like outside the panel like you yeah, reading the, the previous comic. panel yeah yeah like <laughs> he's talking to you reading the book he's like i was just talking to them about it um, so he's very much like um yeah i i don't know i can't think of anybody else that's just um he's unique in the sense of that they've made him crazy but likable and also, like, since he's aware that he's basically just a construct of someone else's imagination, but he wants to be himself, that he just does whatever he wants. Like, yeah. like I can't think of another character that is that so aware of his position in that fictional universe. But he does he does try to do good. I know, like, one of my friends I talk to, he's like, I kind of, you know, he's a villain through and through, even because he kills people to get stuff done. He's a mercenary. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But he does have, like, he, you know, he's he's evolved into having like, a better moral compass. Like, you know, he doesn't he doesn't really hurt animals. He doesn't hurt kids. Yeah. Um, innocent people he doesn't hurt. Um, he has before. Um, he's he's definitely shot somebody in the leg to try and get Daredevil to stop chasing him, <laughs> um, which was kind of funny when he did it because... I can't remember why, but somebody asked him where the hospital was. And, uh, but anyway, That's, um, yeah. but no, he, some of his thing redeeming qualities is like he does want to be liked by everybody, and like, and that's one of the things he struggles with. It's like as a you know as a reader when you read Deadpool, you kind of feel bad for him. You're like, why doesn't anybody like this guy? I love this guy as the reader. Yeah, nobody. You know, he but always he doesn't stop. He never ever stops. No, and he and he takes everybody for he doesn't take everybody for granted. But it's just kind of like he sees things a certain way, so people don't see things his way. It's like you're you're useful to a point until he wants to be loved again it's mm-hmm. like a weird like yeah i want to be loved but now that i'm off to wanting someone else's attention you're i don't care about you for the moment you know it's not because he doesn't like you it's just you're not important to his goal of validation with somebody else you yeah. know and uh yeah. and he, he has his friends his personal friends which is a weird eclectic group of people like he has his <laughs> daughter um he's got uh like in the in the earlier versions you had like blind al and weasel who are in the movies um, and Blind Al was kind of like this this matriarchal character, and she uh, she would always like harass Deadpool and things like that. But then, like you know, nowadays you have him with uh, 
Um, you have Ben Franklin's ghost, which don't yeah exactly don't ask me why Benjamin Franklin's ghost hangs out with Deadpool. Yeah, well, uh, see what I do. Scott Adist, we talked about him. Uh, Scott Adist, who is the actor from Thirty Rock, who plays Pete. Yeah, uh, he is a Shield agent in Marvel Six One Six universe, playing the character of Scott Adist. Playing Scott Adist, and and I've read a bunch of thor- forums where they're like, "How has Fox not signed Scott Adist to play himself in Deadpool?" Because he's drawn the same way, and is he's Scott. This Adis. makes me think of like uh, President Stephen Colbert in the Marvel universe. It's yeah. like it's kind of kind of happens. I don't know. Like, what's a better what's a better compliment to be like, "Hey, do you want to be in this comic, or do you want to be yourself in this comic?" It's, I, I think it'd be yourself in. Yeah, this Yeah, it'd be crazy, right? Because like if I'm like Joe and I'm hanging around with like the Avengers, it's just like some guy, you know, like yeah, I you know I come over, I live down the street, you know, me and it's like no, it's like they're looking for one roommate for Avengers Tower. It's like, listen, yeah. everything's just this one room we're losing money on it. If you just want to be the, like Joe, the roommate Avengers Tower. Like, I, I totally play Destiny with Hawkeye. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, just work that in there. But no, yeah, that's <laughs> that's funny. And then like his his daughter who's... Uh, Hawkeye screen looking. He, she's, uh, she's, she's raised or she's with... There's an, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. This is going to be weird. There's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that died and then she got transported into deadpool's head and then they took her out and put her in a life model decoy and now she's the <laughs> that's a story as old as time yeah and yeah. now there's a now she's the foster uh um mother of you know his daughter so people don't know he has a daughter so he stays out of trouble um and then there's like his wife right now which is kind of weird um like sh- uh is it, i can never say her name right is it is it shikola i'm not sh- sure sh- shikla it's it's like s-h-i-k-s-h-i-k-l-a H. Shakira, I don't Shakira. know. Yeah. Anyway, right. she's the queen of the undead, so oh. she's a succubus. But uh, there was a whole run where he was hired to do a mercenary thing for Dracula, and they ended up falling in love. And um, I, like, this whole like twenty minutes sounds like a bunch of gibberish. I it does. <laughs> and that's the thing about the comic. You're reading it, and you're like, "What the hell am I reading?" Deadpool's hanging out with some Draculas, and he had to go hunt down a Frankenstein. But and then he's just chilling with Elvis. It's just kind of what happened. But then he just starts uppercutting people and yelling "Shuriken," and you're just yeah. like, "Ah, oh, this is hilarious." Yeah. At one point, in one of the issues I read, he was about to throw down with some people, and he's like, "All right, chums, Leroy Jenkins." So he's even aware of references that aren't have that yeah. aren't even in the Marvel universe universe like he's so it's 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 really funny there's a there's also a panel once where uh he's flying with one of the high because you know he's buddies with hydra bob yes and hydra bob is a hydra agent that he kind of befriended because the hydra goons and he's insane are, too yeah, yeah the hydra goons are just like fodder and they for some reason he doesn't kill hydra bob and then him and hydra bob become buddies and <laughs> he's like this basically retarded sidekick and then um there's this one panel where they're flying in space and Deadpool starts talking about the Star Wars movies, and um, the one guy looks at him that's flying the spaceship, and he's like, "You know what?" He's like, "I never." Re-. He's like, "I really like the prequels a lot better." And then the next panel is just him shooting him in the head, <laughs> and then, oh. and then, uh, and then uh, he looks at the other guy and says something like, "Say you love Gungans." Say you love Gungans, and he's holding the gun at him, and he's just like, "No." Like that's funny. So like he does like those kind of like pop culture references that that fans tend to love a lot. It makes me wonder if now that since this is currently under the Sony umbrella, because I know they, they, they tie it into X-Men clearly, because I mean, aside from Colossus being in the movie, I've kind of read some other stuff. There's some other things that actually happen that for some reason Sony's like, well, he, we got it. We got to do it. Sony. 
Sorry. <laughs> Did I keep saying Sony? Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. You keep Sony's completely out of the picture now. Sorry. They gave up Spider-Man. We're yeah. done talking about that. My, my apologies. Uh, yeah, but Fox. like I, The fact that it makes me wonder if he's able to like comment on their properties in general. He's supposed to. He's supposed to talk about the other X-Men movies. Well, not even that I'm talking like other Fox properties. Just kind of... Oh, yeah, like to, Fantastic Four. And, or, or, or just anything unrelated to that. Just yeah. like Fox owns like you know, yeah. like the X-Files or something. Just like to make references to that stuff. Oh, I'm sure he'll get oh, in there. Yeah. But um, he does that stuff. Like he'll... like. He'll, he'll reference the X Files if something weird's happening. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, he he definitely he definitely strives to be liked by everyone. Um, he's finally in an Avenger. Um, after uh, like quite a while, I think he just finally became one because he's on Uncanny Avengers. Um, and I think that makes him like super happy, but makes a lot of the other Avengers unhappy. And, and <laughs> honestly, the only reason he is is because of Cap, because of his relationship with Cap. So, because Cap put it together. Well, and so um, uh, there's two things I was going to mention. One, the only only character I could think that comes close, and by close I mean miles apart, DC-wise, that has the same type of like dark humor to it, but it's also like you can't trust them, is Lobo. Do you remember Lobo? Yeah, Lobo is kind of... Because he has a healing factor, and he has his own his own code of like, don't mess with me. If you if you somehow end up on my radar, I'm just going to take you out. Yeah. He's way more dark, and it's more... He is it's, more it's, dark. It's, it's dark as in like Judge Dredd type of black humor, but there's still a certain... like like You laugh along with the story being told, but he's very serious the entire time. Right. But he's crazy, and it's like... That's like... I feel like that would be... That'd be a fun movie, too, but... Like I can't think of anybody else in DC that is just as um as Harley Quinn's kind of you know that's I guess like Harley Quinn and Deadpool need to get together somehow. That's true. I guess that's the more obvious one, isn't it? They both wear red and black. They're both crazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. when you're reading Deadpool, it definitely feels like he's they're crazy. like swinging hammers. Like I was saying, like it takes it takes a special writer to write somebody that you actually think they're crazy. Yeah. And like Harley it, Quinn though, so obvious. Why wasn't that? Why didn't I think of that first? I don't know. You're right. I don't uh, know how you went to Lobo. I thought you were going to say Harley Quinn. I don't, Lobo's close though. Lobo, Lobo though. Well, to so me, like, like Lobo, he he's um he's he's the last of his race because he killed the rest of them because he was he just hated it all because they're all peace loving and he was like the one wrong child killed them all. He owed a favor to someone that was like basically like this intergalactic police force that he he lost one fight so he owed a favor to this person they said hey i need you to transport a prisoner and it was his like fourth grade school teacher so he had the transporter across the universe and he gets all his trouble because of her and all this so he finally hands her over and he's like have i handed her over to you in custody and the guy's like yes he walks over and breaks her neck and just leaves because he fulfilled the promise and wasn't going to kill her until it actually transferred hands wow. and that was like that he just waited, just waited to be like, "Are we done now? All right, she's dead. I'm walking out." It yeah. was like crazy. But Lobo, Lobo to me was more like Wolverine. Yeah, that's true. Like I guess, Lobo and Wolverine kind of like walk that same line. Yeah. Um, but then I was also going to mention too is that if it was not for the success of Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think Deadpool the movie would exist. Really? Yeah, because you have a little bit more edgy, not necessarily language, mm. but it's a little bit more rougher around the edges, more like. Um, odd cast of characters. It's a more difficult concept to get across. I give you this. I think that it. You're right. I give you this. I think Guardians of the Galaxy proved that a comic book movie doesn't have to be the cookie cutter of the Avengers and Batman and but like, Superman. You remember the original trailers for Guardians, where it's like you have them doing the police lineup, yeah, and then it's like you have John C. Riley saying they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's like it's like who who would say that? He's like yeah, they're kind of dicks. It's like that's that kind of like that. 
Right. They're, they're walking up to PG-13 and kind of looking at our land, but they're staying right there. Right. And I feel like they kind of got... And well, it was Star-Lord doing the whole flipping off, but you can't see yeah. it. Like, I think they were showing that you could get edgy and get different. Well, do you remember the leaked, quote-unquote, leaked Deadpool yeah. CGI footage that they put out yeah. to like kind of test the waters to see how people and like some of that ended up in the first trailer too with the the car chases and things it did and yeah. I think they'll probably fit it into the movie but that scene yeah. was like awesome I was like oh my gosh and and Ryan Reynolds did it and I don't know how much the production on it was because basically what it was was that it was a um it was an investment to test the internet to see what how they would respond to it and it exploded yeah and then then Fox act like they're like oh no 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 take this down that's a leak. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't even green light that movie when that came out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, there's been a couple times where, uh, people that are creative types that try to get test like their own little sample out to be like, give me this project. I will do that. Yeah. Um, and that's one that actually like took off. I know Thomas Jane did a, another Punisher short film. He did. I and, thought that was cool. I would love to see Thomas Jane do the Punisher again, but I have a real, I have a really big feeling that John Bernthal is going to crush it. Yeah. And that's fine now too, but it's like, he's trying to show everybody like I could do this again. Please give me a shot. And then there was that Venom short film too. Oh, that, with, uh, what's his name from true blood? I can never say his last yeah. name. Ryan something. Uh, yeah, that wasn't bad. Like he, he w- that was actually better than Topher Grace's. Venom. It was creepy. It was, it was creepy. Good. Yeah. Maybe and, we'll link those because those are hard. Like they're not, they're not hard to find. I know the one, the Punisher one's called, was it laundry money or laundry, laundry day? Laundry day. And then the other one's called truth and journalism. Okay. Cause it. Eddie Brock goes overseas and yeah, is some, some guys are documenting him and they know what he did over in New York and stuff. And they're kind yeah. of talking to him about it, but they don't really know that he still has a symbiote and this, he does have a symbiote and, and it, it gets creepy and it gets creepy. And then in the last scene, you finally see it and it's just like, Oh man. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, the Deadpool, like I remember that was a big deal. And then also I know like, um, they did the same thing with Tron, but it was more of a teaser for like a comic book, like a uh, comic con or something where they're like, Hey guys, what do you guys think of this? And people lost their minds. They're like, yeah, that's proof of concept. That's not the actual movie, but we'll make it now. And it's like, that's cool. Like I, you know, you're right. Like I, when I saw that, that, that Deadpool teaser, I'm like, there's no way they're going to make this movie. Cause it was too cool. Yeah. yeah. So, was too cool. uh, you're going to see it tomorrow. Um, I have to wait till the weekend. I think I'm going to try to thread the needle to see it and Zoolander two the same day. I think that'd be a lot I gotta of fun. I got to figure out how I'm going to see Zoolander two. Cause I, I don't, I don't know the day off till next Wednesday. Oh yeah. That's going to suck. That's, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. <laughs> um, I, who do you like? Okay, that's a good question for you. Um, not to get too far off track there, but that's what this whole show is. Let's just be honest. Uh, Zoolander two. It's a known property. That's also a movie that people never thought was going to get made. It right. did get made. It's coming out the same weekend as a comic book movie. Do you think they eat each other's box office? Yeah, I think they do because, okay. like, I mean, and and oh my god, I I I want Deadpool to win not just because it's Deadpool and it's a comic book movie, but they threw so much marketing into that. I want it to win because I want it to be a quality product that stands on its own and shows that an R-rated comic book movie can draw people in and make money. I mean, when I did the ticket pre-orders, mm-hmm. like like I tried to do um the assigned seating places. Yeah. And they were like all but like four four or five seats sold out. Wow. That's so, that's a good sign. Like yeah, the, so the people people do want to go see it. The pre-orders were pretty good for it. Um, I'm excited to see it. Well, remember last year at this time, there was another R-rated comic book movie that came out, uh, Kingsman. Yeah. And that did okay. It didn't... It, it got a, a sequel greenlit eventually, but it didn't... So it, it did well enough 
but it was, people were on the bubble about approving it for another one. Not that I think that you automatically have to make sequels to movies all the time, but that was one that was kind of, I mean, that's a lesser known property, but I know you and I saw it the opening weekend. Yeah. And, um, and it showed, I mean, even though it's a comic book movie in the sense that it is based off a comic book and I don't really think of it as the same way as like a superhero movie, I thought it has a lot of the same tropes to it. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just think people should, I, I think there's this, the stigmatism that once you pass PG-13, you automatically limit, limit the amount of money you could take on, on a project. It It's, I mean, that that is how they think and that is how it works. I mean, yeah. They change so much now. Even horror movies. I mean, this is for another topic. I really want to talk about this. Is is like horror movies changing for for the the sake of the box office being thir- PG thirteen. So I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other cast. But <laughs> yeah. trust me. So um, um, yeah. Any any other thoughts about the Deadpool's? I mean, there's um, plenty of the read out there. There's plenty of books. There's the video game that I have not had a chance to play yet. Yeah, he has no, his own video game. Yeah, Nolan North I think does the voice uh-huh. of Deadpool. Good voice actor. Perfect. I mean, this guy did voice Nathan Drake. So if you want cocky schmarmy that's that's deadpool um yeah uh, and then um he's also showed up in a couple other video games too like x-men legends 2 he was really funny in that mm-hmm. too as a playable character just always always commenting these in a video game too the entire time so that was a lot of fun yeah um yeah anything else no i mean i'm just i'm excited to see deadpool get his get his movie going because he's a unique character like with the r rating and everything like we said was he in any of the spider-man animated stuff he uh he did he was in ultimate spider-man okay. uh the cartoon he was in it for a little bit and then he had a non-speaking he had a couple non-speaking spots in um the original x-men 90s cartoon really yeah huh. in, uh, a couple of wolf oh, the the later seasons wolverine had a couple of um flashbacks and deadpool was in it okay that's cool so that, you know, that'd be a fun one to talk about some of those old 90s Marvel cartoons. Like, I, I think I have that whole series. Like, those were so good at the time. They yeah. probably have not aged well. That, um, the intro. The intro is so cool. I remember when it came on, like, me and my buddy woke up. So I think I, I think I was in seventh, six or seven. I was so grade. excited for that, yeah. Like I remember I stayed over his house and like it was we literally were like, X Men comes on tomorrow morning. We're like ah. <laughs> and like we got up like super early and I can't remember what stupid cartoon show was on before it and we're just like, Get, get to X Men and we're sitting there and we're like, Oh yeah, and then they're fighting the Sentinels and we're like, This is so cool. And they're like, Oh, I didn't that totally sounds like Wolverine. That doesn't sound like Cyclops, like you know how you're in your head. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was cool. Oh, yeah, so that's a whole like that and then the the Spider Man cartoon I could talk yeah, about. The that. Yeah, the Spider Man cartoon yeah. was solid too but uh yeah so that that's our, our little homage to deadpool for his movie comes out tomorrow. yeah i here's my confession um i am actually more excited for deadpool than i was star wars episode seven that's fine I, i'm not i mean i, I don't want to get into a more, fight over this i'm just making a statement i want to say my level of excitement for deadpool is 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 on par with uh civil war though yeah i mean that's that's fair it's just i like I didn't get that like kind of like itchy like is it time to see Deadpool like sorry Star Wars like the week before I'm like it was more of just trying to get my schedule worked out to see it when you saw it so we so you could talk about it without like like so you could talk about it freely right that mm-hmm. was more my my struggle yeah. with this it's like like last week I'm like why isn't Deadpool here yet I was getting and then seeing some friends that got like advanced screenings like like our, our friends over at Geek Collective podcast they both got to see it a week early and I'm just like so good for you guys i'm so happy for you through clenched teeth <laughs> like truly am happy but i'm just like 
No. I want to see it. I want to see it when, right now. When's Paul get to go? Right. And uh, I have to wait till Saturday now. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm uh, really bad like that. Like, I try to be... I try to like be like you know what I I've waited like months I can I can wait a couple more days nope nope I'm like oh my god it comes out on Thursday are they doing a midnight on Wednesday like yeah know. well like you asked me like did you want to go see it on Thursday I want to say yes I want to say yes times a million but like Deadpool's like Mary's favorite comic book character yeah. so like she'd be really sad if we didn't get to go see it together which my argument would be like I'll go see it with you as well but I know I gotta you know gotta be a nice guy one of my buddies his, uh, she picked me up at the place when it was all snowy that one time when I was dressed <laughs> as Nedry he's in a similar situation his uh his girl's mad that he went and saw Star Wars without her with a group of us and then um uh, I was like, hey, we're all getting together to go see Deadpool again. Do you want to go? He's like, I can't. I'm like, why? <laughs> He's all like, she'd be so mad at me if I went and saw Deadpool without her. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you better not like leave. You never, better not ditch the group for Cap. Yeah. Because like, you know, like, do, do the nice thing now, but then do the jerk thing again later. There, there was like, there's probably like a group of five, at least four or five of us, if not more sometimes, that we all go hit all the Marvel movies. Like we don't always get to hang out, but like we always try to make it a point to get together for the Marvel movies. So. So, um, yeah, Deadpool comes out this weekend. I'm sure by the time, like, you know, like everybody will have seen it, seen it multiple times. I'm excited for it. Um, before we move on to the next thing, just real quick, just want to tell you, like, make, make, please hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, Invasion of the Podcast, at Twitter at Invading Podcast. Our Gmail uh, is invadingpodcast at gmail.com. A couple reasons. One, um, I don't know if we mentioned this last week. I know I put it up on the Facebook page, but I'm, I'm pulling a sticker off a pile of stickers, like as if you guys can see it. But we do have fancy Invasion of the Podcast stickers now, which, you know, it's 2016. Maybe you guys want holograms. We don't have holograms. We have stickers. So let us know if you want one. We can get one out to you. Um, we are going to have a YouTube video up. Uh, soon yeah we have a uh, youtube channel that we're working on so yeah we're slowly adding things to it so bear with us uh we currently have the active under construction guy from like the early 90s websites up like under construction with the shovel yeah the shovel yeah, yeah. um like we're per- we're getting older episodes put up and we're gonna keep working on that um but we got a loot crate last month um that we just did an unboxing video the be all fancy we're gonna have that up uh there's some chances for you guys to win some stuff there so free cool loot crate stuff free stickers um please let, let, let us give you things it'll be fun so um but then speaking of giving things and receiving things uh it's valentine's day this weekend i mean not only are we gonna love deadpool we're gonna love other things as well so um, I am looking for love because Mary's going to kick me out because of the whole, like probably seeing Deadpool before she does. So, <laughs> um, and because of that, I need to find, I need to find a Valentine. Elaine, now you had another date in mind. According to my source, the end of the world will be on February 14th in the year 2016. Valentine's day. Bummer. It gets real serious there for a second. It's like... It's that that boat, remember? It's that boat that's going to run into, like, rocky crags of love. In case nobody caught the intro, 
Uh, that was from Ghostbusters 2. And Ghostbusters 2, I think I, I, I think I brought this up. Like a, I'm like, how cool is it that we had Back to the Future Day? And then like a couple months later, we, we get to plug Ghostbusters 2 for predicting the end of the world on, on Valentine's Day in 2016. Yeah. And also, I was going to mention this too before I forget. Um, we had missed Roy Batty's Incepdate from Blade Runner oh, recently. I thought we brought that up. We, but we missed the, like, af- it was like the after the fact. Oh, thing, yeah, like, yeah. So, Pris, Daryl Hannah's character, her incept date is February 14th, 2016. They made oh. it on Valentine's Day and she was the, the pleasure model. There you go. So, there we go. We're going to celebrate um, Daryl Hannah coming into this world yep. and having some weird eye black makeup and a weird wig and whatever. She looks like she'd be in the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Anyway, we got the a, a dating game so, of sorts. Pause. I have I have three eligible bachelorettes, and um, they're uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you're not gonna hear them because the like Paul, it would give away who they were. Paul yeah. would know their voices. I mean, clearly they're here. They're under glass. Yeah, I can I can see, see them. Paul cannot see them. Joe better not tap the glass. I'm sure it'll make some of them mad. I shake it. Shake it. Shake it. <laughs> hey, give them give them treats. Hey. Hey. What are you doing in there? Wake up. Wake up. Why aren't they doing anything? Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't they doing... I I, every time I go to the zoo... No, I'm not that guy. That drives me takes, nuts. Takes me back to I'm not that night. guy. I don't tap on the glass. That drives me nuts when people do that. Uh, so, Paul's... They, they need a valentine. Okay. I need one so, too. And Paul needs a valentine. So, we decided to grab three lovely ladies from pop culture and have them answer Paul's questions. Yeah. So, I got, I got some questions here. So, um... All right, uh, I'll just say Bachelorette number two. Okay. All right. What would be the perfect date? Ah, okay. Hold on. She's writing it down. <laughs> it's, that's a slide it through. Like, you know. There's like a thing. Like yeah. the, You know how they have those things at the uh, the gas station? Yeah. At night? Yeah. Oddly enough, I've had a lot of dating situations like this, so this is not uncommon. <laughs> oh, well, then they'll just be used to it. Okay. Simple transaction under glass. Um. So Bachelorette number two says uh, that uh, what it, uh, the the perfect date would be um, you guys would catch uh, catch some dinner, maybe some Italian, uh, and then maybe maybe a movie, and then you would end the night soaring through the sky, maybe possibly the stars. Okay, that that sounds lovely. Um, same question, Bachelorette number three. Um, bachelorette number three. Um, bachelorette number three. Uh, would whisk you away in the stars as well. Okay. Uh, and she says that you would go on a a, a mission to find some of the the most um, deadliest uh, uh, villains in the universe, and then afterwards maybe maybe curl up in a ball on the couch. <laughs> okay, I, I like it. Um, you know. Um, all right, uh, Bachelorette number one. What kind of guys do you like? Um. <laughs> uh, hold on. Um, she's writing it down. Right? I know these are tough questions. You know, I asked. I, if I'm going to find a future mate, you know, they got to be great. Um, bachelor. Okay, so she says, uh, type of guys she likes: successful, um, tall guys who don't uh don't have pager companies. Um. That's about it. Guys, guys who don't jo- have companies. Okay. Guys who don't have to like to go out a lot, um, kind of sit at home, like to eat. I mean, you're describing me to a T, so I like that. There you go. Um, all right. Um, this is going to be a question for all three bachelorettes. Uh, 
I like my girls crazy. What's the craziest thing you have ever done? Okay. Hold on. So bachelorette number one, uh, she says that she ate a whole cake in one sitting in an afternoon in her office once. <laughs> That's the craziest thing she's done. <laughs> okay. Like, like, like a large cake. Yeah. Uh, Uh, bachelorette number two um trying to think try yeah just you know she has to work on this (laughs) she's thinking um here, I'm going to jump down a bit. Maybe, maybe number two has never done anything ever evil before she's she's thinking so uh bachelorette number Three says the craziest thing she's ever done is become a surrogate mother for a life-draining alien force. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've all wanted kids, right? So, yeah. okay, all right. Bachelor number two. Uh, I'll. Okay. It's, it's fine. You know, like I understand that's a tough question. Bachelor number two. Describe yourself to me in three words. Um, strong, uh, full of energy, um. Eat full of even more energy. <laughs> I, you know, it's more than three words, but all out. So, okay. Um, all right. Um, oh, strong and full of energy would probably be the okay. three. Sorry. So, <laughs> bachelorette number one, how did your last relationship end? She's not sure. She says she's not sure if it has. <laughs> she's like, she says, uh, he keeps bothering me, but I don't know if I can get rid of him or I should get rid of him. <laughs> Okay. Uh, same question for Bachelorette number two. Um, she says that he was killed off by a evil European dictator. That's the well. I mean, I, that does end it. You know, so yeah. that that's a uh, that is tough. Um, okay. Bachelor number two is intriguing to me. I'm not quite sure if I know who that who that person is, but I have my, have my suspicions. All right. Yeah. So last last question for the three ladies. This is the this one is the most important one. So really think about it. I want to be a stay at home husband. What are you going to do to put food on the table? And so I can just podcast all day with my friend Joe. <laughs> um, bachelorette number one says, "Well, she says I have a steady career at a." Um, uh, a big network <laughs> and I work long hours but the network pays me good money as long as our ratings are good uh, Bachelorette number two uh, says that she is off saving the earth and the galaxy at a moment's notice and a lot of times um, she's going to need somebody to stay home and clean up and take care of her cat okay and then um, Bachelor number three uh, also rids the, 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 the universe of scum and villainy. Um, but she gets a better cut uh, because she brings in a lot of money for a lot of people that she brings in. Okay. All right. So, so. Um, all three sound, sound compelling and interesting. Yeah. Um, so who would I choose of the three of them? <laughs> uh, two, I'm still not entirely sure who that is. So I got to I got to say um 
you sound strong and intimidating. You say you're full of energy and you have a cat. So I'm all, I'm all about that. Um, I want to say you're Ms. Marvel, but I don't think that's true. Is that, is that I true? I mean, are, wait, are you picking, I'm not, I'm are not, you I'm picking choosing, your bachelor? You no, need I'm to not, pick, your, pick your bachelorette. You can't okay, just be well, like... Okay, well, then I, I'm picking number one because I know I'd have... like That would be amazing. Okay, so you pick number one. Yeah. Okay, so number two is Captain Marvel. Okay, I was right. Cool, yeah. all right. So. And then number three is um, Everloving Samus. It's, it's Samus. The she bouncy hunter from Metroid. Curl up on a ball, in a ball. She wouldn't have much to say. You know, I'd be like, okay, you know. And I'd be like, hey, could you go reach that thing on the top shelf? And then she'd turn to a ball and like somehow launch herself Spider up ball. there. Yeah. She'd do the bombs. <laughs> Stop doing the bombs. You're, you, you broke the refrigerator. <laughs> you, you broke the refrigerator. All you had to do is reach. You're six yeah. foot three. But I would <laughs> say that I'm going to pick Bachelorette number one, and that is my friend Liz Lemon. That is Liz Lemon. <laughs> I would be so happy to hang uh, out with Liz Lemon. I hope I did. That was kind of tricky. It That's, was. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know a question. But I liked how you're just like, I sat at a, at a table once ate an entire cake. I'm like, oh, I wonder who this is. <laughs> Actually, would and do it's that. a pager company. So I was thinking it had to be Dennis. Yeah, it was Dennis. And you're like, my last relationship, you call me a big dummy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was going to try to throw some dummies in there. <laughs> oh, that was fun. So, um, you know, Liz and I will have, have a good life. I, I mean, if I could somehow win Mary back, she'll have to wait. You know, Liz, not Mary. Because, you, know, you know, next week we'll find out you what You could happens. add the space ladies. I could add space ladies. But I want the Liz lady. Did you ever see that Penny Arcade comic about that guy that uh, went on a date with Samus? No. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I'll have to see if I can find it. Because, like, she never takes the suit off. He's like, never? She's like, no. It was like doing a tank. <laughs> He's like, yeah, because he was like, how did you guys even do it? And he's like, there's a hatch. He's like, a hatch. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, it was that's pretty, inappropriate. It was um, pretty funny. All right. So um, this is like, so this is a fun show. So um, next week, um, I don't know. Like we got uh, surprises sure, next surprise, week. Surprise next week. I'll tell you what. Next week could be anything. The week after that is probably going to be more Comic-Con related. Um, we're going to try to do some wrap up stuff. So if yeah. you didn't get to go to Comic-Con. Tune in. We will we will talk about the panels we went to. We'll talk about all the money that I spent um, that I <laughs> yeah. don't want to. Um, <laughs> He's going to get like three Chris Hemsworth uh, photo yeah. opportunities. Just three. Yeah. And it's just going to be like, hey, hey, I'll let me try a different shirt this time. I'm going to get back. Yeah, time. I'm going to get back in line. I'm going to get a picture of me dressed as every other one of the Avengers. <laughs> yeah that'd be great and just be like each time it's like could you pretend like i'm beating you down yeah and then like i'm gonna photoshop them all together where it's chris helmsworth and then me is all the avengers (laughs) that would be the that would be the greatest thing ever and the worst spinature of money that would i I would love it though that would be the worst spinature of money But funny. All right. So, and that's the other thing too. We're trying to go try to do some wrap up stuff all three days of the, the thing. So we might end up having three episodes in a row, like day, you know, per day. So that would not three episodes per day. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll have. I'm 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 off that whole weekend. So yeah, as am I. So we're going to be able to to do a lot of podcast things. Yeah. So uh, next week, mystery show. Um, if you guys have suggestions for shows, we'll, we'll certainly hear them out. But oh, yeah. I, they do. I've gotten a few suggestions. So yeah. there's some on the cork board. Okay. All right then. So uh, I listen to you guys. Don't worry. Yeah, I, and I'm just like I, uh, I I'm, I'm I'm sitting in my ivory tower and not listening to anybody. I I don't know. Anyway, have a have a safe weekend. I know up here in the Cleveland area, it's going to be uh, really cold and snowy. Uh, so if you're out with with your loved ones and on your dates, just be careful to and from Deadpool. Um, but yeah, have a safe weekend, and we will see you next week. We're going to get you.
Garaf. <gasps> you choo choo choose me? Happy Valentine's. <laughs>